hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science. You're in for a fast-paced, storytelling, action-item-rich leadership growth experience. I hope you make this podcast a habit. I consider it a leadership mentoring tool. Learning together makes us better together, and that is how we change the world around us. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki, and today's episode is a special series with my friend Renee Smith. It's called To Work With Love. I believe that loving leaders transform workplaces and create work experiences that are meaning-filled. Renee fights against fear-based leadership and helps us learn how to lead with love and do it in such an empowering way. You're going to love this episode. Renee, take it away. Hi, this is Renee from A Human Workplace, where we believe that the secret to business and organizational success is love. My team and I are here to help leaders and team members build a loving workplace culture and operational experience where everyone can find joy, satisfaction, meaningful contribution, and belonging. We found that in such a loving culture, we are committed to everyone thriving, and the need for thriving is so great that I have committed to the first eight months of this year of this podcast to work with love. I've committed to exploring how to create a more thriving workplace as an expression of our commitment to love, as an expression of a loving, human-centered, and effective workplace. So we're going to talk about thriving today, and in particular, we're going to talk about being ready to thrive. So when we are talking about thriving, though, we're not talking about wellness or resilience practices that might traditionally come to mind, though those are important and have their place. When we talk about thriving, we're talking about moving away from workplace experiences that are exclusionary and overwhelming, away from fragmentation and complexity, away from confusion and waste. Instead, we believe work should be characterized by the six thrive factors that we have discovered in our research and our work with clients. And those factors are clarity, courage, wholeness, spaciousness, simplicity, and hope. And I want to share with you these super practical ways to create an environment of thriving, which is ultimately less fearful and more loving. Now, what we've learned about thriving is that we can't just dive in and adopt thrive practices without some preparation. Uh, Most organizations that are struggling with thriving would struggle to do that. So we've got to cultivate the soil. We've got to get ready. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about getting ready to thrive. So what do we mean by getting ready to thrive and how do we do that? Let's talk about that. So the first step to be ready to thrive is to understand and accept that there are gaps in our culture and operations. It means facing that some areas are not what they should be and need to be in order to work. This doesn't mean that we haven't been trying or that we don't care. It is a fact that just needs to be named and seen and faced with non-judgment. These things just are. And truly, most organizations have some part of thriving that could be improved. An assessment can help us to see more clearly and to know where to begin. We offer an assessment and, you know, one simple way is to just begin to talk to your team members about how they are experiencing each of the thrive factors, or you can use our assessment tool. And we need to just take the time to gain the perspective of people across our organization or from our whole team. That'll give us a better pulse on how we're doing on each of the thrive factors. 
Sometimes it can be hard to accept that things are as challenging for our team members as they are. And, you know, I faced this as a leader myself in this last year. We took on a new and really complex project and didn't have a lot of role clarity that we needed in order to do the project well. So that clarity factor was glow for us in, in that moment. That lack of clarity created some fear for some of our team members, and we had to work hard to close that clarity gap and, and, and improve on understanding of the different roles on the team. But solving that problem, addressing that clarity gap and, and improving our thriving as a team started with me accepting that we had a problem. Now, the second thing that we need to do in order to be ready to thrive is that we need to name the shifts that we want to make. Once we're clear on our need to work on Thrive Factors and we've accepted it, we need to understand where we are now and how we would describe where we are now and where we want to get to and how we would describe that. So the Thrive Factors give us some good anchors for naming where we're headed, um, but naming where we are is an important part of the, the process, sort of the old condition to the new way of being. So this might be a shift from overwhelmed and overworked to spaciousness. Or it might be from confusion to clarity, or from negativity and doubt to hope and optimism, for example. By naming where we are now and the new states of being we want to get to, we make clear our understanding of the current situation that we're struggling in, and we create a shared sense of the future that we hope for. And with that clearly laid out, then we can commit to the process of working toward that new future together. Now, the next step that we need to take in being ready to thrive is owning our experiences and contributions. Each leader and every team member needs to have the opportunity and be invited to reflect on how they are experiencing the current undesired culture and operational practices and how they're beginning to experience the new ways of working too. So what are the experiences that they've had and how do they line up with the old culture and ways of working and the new culture and the new ways of working. And again, these aren't just sort of cultural practices, they are concrete operational practices as well on each side of that equation. And then after we've reflected on how we're experiencing those before and after conditions, then we need to reflect on and own how we have contributed in the past to the old way of working and how we have or will contribute to those new ways of working. These individual reflections link the concepts to ownership and action. So teams can reflect on this as well. So the individuals can be invited to have these times of reflection on, on their ownership and their contributions and their experiences. And teams can spend some time considering how they have both experienced the old and new ways of working and have contributed to the old and new ways of working. For example, how does our way of working as a team create more overwhelm for others in our organization? Or how can we help bring clarity to the workflow between key process partners? Those might be some kinds of questions that we would reflect on and get a grip on what have we experienced and what's our ownership. These reflections and conversations are going to surface issues of psychological safety and cultivating psychological safety is the fourth practice that we need to work on in terms of our being ready to thrive. So these processes of having these conversations always surface these kinds of reflections. Probably sooner than later, it will come up talking about this or thinking about these new things like, I don't know if it's safe enough around here to do this. And 
that is true. People are naming what is true. They're naming the need for psychological safety when that surfaces. And so this other component of getting ready to thrive has to be a commitment to increase psychological safety as the first primary shift of your team or organization. So moving from a psychologically threatening and fearful way of working to one of safety means creating an environment where candor and vulnerability are welcome and not risky to express. That means that team members can speak up and share ideas and point out problems and do their work as themselves without fear of personal rejection. According to researchers into psychological safety, Amy Edmondson and Per Hugander, an effective program for cultivating psychological safety links the effort to business outcomes. So it's gotta matter to business. It involves training individuals and team members in skills like perspective taking and candor and how to create an atmosphere on a team where others can feel comfortable to engage. They also advocate for spreading those stories of success around an organization. And they recommend visualizing past successes and future opportunities to develop new behaviors. And finally, they found that slowly building vulnerability muscles over time can increase confidence in being vulnerable and build success on success. So we've also found that simple daily actions can really make an outsized difference in having a sense of trust and safety with each other. So I wanna to close today with some simple actions anyone can put into practice immediately to support a more psychologically safe, loving, thriving environment. So the first category of actions is just behaviors that demonstrate value for each other. So people talk in my research about simple things like greeting each other, looking colleagues in the eye as we talk, giving someone your full attention, showing up to commitments. It can look like learning and correctly pronouncing and using people's names. And it can look like saying thank you a lot. Another category of, you know, building kind of simple day-to-day -day actions is to invest in building relationships, which is never a waste and not inappropriate in a job or in a professional setting, but is actually a way that we build trust and mobilize our work more effectively. So we invest in those relationships by checking in as people. We start every meeting on our team with a check-in. Even if we met two hours ago, we have another short check-in for the meeting that we're having now. And when we meet tomorrow, and that can sound like, how are you arriving today? Or what's on top for you? Or what's important that we know about how things are going for you today? We set aside time to get to know each other as people. We respect styles and differences and preferences in terms of what we want to share and disclose. Not everyone is the same. And so we welcome whatever those preferences are. We try to celebrate together and whenever possible, we share food. So those practices really help us to build our relationships. A third category of action can be creating trust and belonging. So it's important to track and to talk about our wins and successes to give credit to express direct and specific appreciation, to pitch in when someone has a workload challenge, to follow through on what we promise, to pause and listen to what someone is saying, and again, to value differences and unique perspectives. And then finally, things are gonna get tough sometimes. And so in the day-to-day -day work that we do to build psychological safety and love, we need to work through challenges. So we need to both assume positive intent and own our impact. 
We need to not triangulate. We need to work out issues directly instead. When trust is broken, we need to work to repair that trust. And sometimes that means apologizing if you're responsible. And it means forgiving if there's a sincere apology. These simple behaviors are fantastic first steps that anyone can take. They don't require budget or in most cases, even permission. They are all about how you show up for your colleagues and about deeply respecting each other's humanity. And that is a great way to put love at the center of your work. So next time we're going to begin to explore the thrive factors themselves with the first thrive factor, which will be an invitation to clarity. So meanwhile, if you're eager to learn more about how your team or organization are doing on all six of the Thrive Factors, you can take our Thrive Assessment, which is linked in the show notes and on our website. You'll get a rating for each of the six and recommendations for how to improve on your greatest area of need. And if you want to talk about your Thrive scores, you can schedule a time with me or a member of my team on makeworkmorehuman.com. Until next time, be confident in your instincts to be loving and human. And remember, it's a great idea to work with love. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.